Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Dr. Sergio Canavero is an Italian neurosurgeon, and he certainly likes attention. Now, he may prove that he's going to shock the world at some point, but he's certainly convinced that that's what's coming. So just the other day, he had a big announcement to make. And so the surgery happened successfully. I can tell you that what comes now, but as you stay with me, I will give you the details. In a few days, shopping will announce and give you all the ins and outs. The next step is a full head transplant on brain dead organ donors. And, it, it, and the first human head transplant is imminent. Okay, those are big words. The first human head transplant is imminent. Now, it, it would be better to call this a body transplant because essentially the idea is you would be giving someone a new body, someone whose current body is more or less non-functional. And that can be for a number of reasons. The Russian patient who has volunteered is suffering from a g- degenerative disease that will eventually prove fatal. So in a way, he's got nothing to lose. Now, if we could do this, it obviously raises all kinds of ethical questions, but it is potentially life-changing for so many people. Someone passes away, their body is still more or less functional. If you could give that body to someone whose body is not functional right now, you could change their lives. That is it possible. That's a big step. Essentially, you're talking about a severed spinal cord, reattaching it, making it whole again, usable again. Now, even if we could do that, that would solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. Our next guest is quite skeptical of all of this. Dr. Dean Burnett is a neurosurgeon at Cardiff University. He's also author of the book, The Idiot Brain. Dr. Burnett, thank you so much for joining us. No problem at all. I mean, it seems though the idea of a head transplant, or I guess a body transplant, uh, could potentially hold all kinds of enormous potential. I mean, aside from whether it's, it's possible in the short term or at all, if we could do it, would it be something worth doing? Oh, that's a tricky one because, like you say, it's got so much potential for well, fixing problems with the body. And uh, there are people who have volunteered for this procedure already thinking it doesn't go ahead, um, no pun intended. And you know, people with serious spinal disorders who are paralyzed like from the neck down, if you could somehow attach their head functionally to a donor body, which, um, which is intact apart from obviously being deceased, then yes, that would sort of solve a lot of problems. Um, it does drag up a lot of ethical concerns in that, you know, um, you've got someone else's DNA now. So that's, right. you know, what, what does that mean for your identity, for your, you know, for your long-term prospects? You've got someone else's fingerprints, you know, it's, you know a lot of things have to be updated. And you know, then it, it's also a case of, you know, what does the family think? People are very uncomfortable with organ donation as it is, let alone the entire body. So, yeah, there would be a lot of ethical and philosophical 
refused to say mount as well, if, even if this procedure was uh, in any way feasible. Well, and I suppose if it were, maybe in some cases it wouldn't necessarily be necessary because it seems to me if we're able to, to reattach a severed spine, in a lot of cases we wouldn't need to do the transplant. We could just fix what's wrong with the person, couldn't we? Well, that's obviously like the elephant in the room in many cases with some of these claims, and that that's something we can't currently do. We cannot reattach you know, damaged nerves from one part of the spinal cord to another part of the same spinal cord. Or that we could do that, that would be a massive boon to medicine and people the world over. So that's what Christopher Reeve eventually you know, was injured with and eventually died of, and things like that. You know, it's, it's currently beyond us. If we could fix that somehow, and um, Professor Calavera claims he can do that, he claims he has this special gel which causes nerves to reach out and reattach with other nerves, even though they've never been connected before, then you know, if he has that he has that ability, then he's doing mankind a massive disservice by keeping that to himself. There are hundreds of thousands of people who would benefit from such a thing. And yes, if we could feasibly recreate, regenerate, and sort of program nerves to grow and attach to other things, and that would solve a lot of problems. And like you say, we wouldn't even need to do a transplant. We would just fix the nerves that are already there. What are we to make of these claimed successes involving uh, rats, involving monkey, now involving a, a human corpse? Uh, d- does it demonstrate anything to you? Well, again, the, all the focus seems to have been on the preservation of the donor tissue, to keeping it biologically alive, you know, in terms of how, how much of life it's got, and that's another matter. But, like, the rat one, there was no actual transplant. It was just a, a, a rat's head severed from one rat and grafted onto the body of another rat. So you end up with a rat with two heads, and that's not a medically useful procedure. That's more of a, a demonstration that you can do that. Um, exactly why you don't want to do it is anyone's guess, but... The attached head had no actual function. It was just technically biologically alive, but I imagine it would rather not have been. And uh, the, the monkey transplant, that was... Uh, it, 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 technically, it worked. I think the blood vessels were reattached to, to the other half of the body, but there was no attempt made to attach the spinal cord, and the subject never regained consciousness. After 20 hours, it was put to sleep, um, probably for the best, because that's not. You know, it, it would have been a paralyzed individual for life. There was no attempt made to achieve a function in body transplant or head transplant, however you want to call it. And the corpse one, it's it's, it's an anatomical exercise, like I was said on the radio before. And yes, he spent 18 hours attaching a severed cadaver head to another cadaver body, but as impressive as that sounds, you give me 20 minutes of a staple gun, I could do the same thing for all the patients right. he cares about. And that's, um, that, no, it, it's not really telling us anything even close to what we need to know in order to make this such a thing a viable concern. So should he be allowed to attempt this with a live patient because there's a pretty clear ethical issue, even though people are willing to to step up and do this, as you say, that we're we're going to be decapitating a live person here. Exactly, yes. And I personally don't think, um, I would guess that I don't think he's ever going to get to that point. I think he's mostly bluster. I think it's mostly all to do with, um, you know, basically getting publicity for his procedures and things like that, which are seemingly devoted to just preserving severed tissue, not anything actually to do with, to do with transplants. And yes, like you say, like it, unless he can guarantee 100% that the procedure is effective and will work, anyone who undergoes it, even if they do survive uh, the operation, as it were, they're not going to wake up with any sort of quality of life unless they can have a fully functional spinal cord reattached, which he's made no effort to do. So... 
He's got all these, you know, he's got a few donors or willing volunteers to go through the procedure, and he's not taking them up on it, and I suspect it's because he knows full well it, will, it won't work. And I think the last thing he needs is someone regaining consciousness from their heads being attached to a donor body, which they can't use and have no compatibility with, and you know, kind of just being nothing but screaming the entire yeah. time. And that's, well, that's kind of horrifying. Who is, yeah, that's, I think given he's... Um, seems to be caught in the media publicity a lot, then uh, that's something he probably doesn't want. That's not going to do any good for his reputation. Well, as uh, kind of Arrow Garner's headlines, are we overlooking where there's been actual advances uh, in terms of understanding uh, what happens with spinal cord injuries, how we can uh, help those suffering from those injuries, how we can help to regenerate uh, nerves and nerve connections, etc.? Technically, yes, insofar as stuff like that doesn't get to the level of publicity that kind of air on his claims gets. But that's because it is a slow, gradual process. And there's no, like, one individual who's masterminding the whole thing. It's it's, it's medical science. It advances as and when it can. There are plenty of publications out there which show advanced improvements. You know, every year you have people with new graphs, like the face grafts and the hand transplants. And these are things which are showing progress. And well, even, even the technical side, people can have, you know, chips in their head now which they can sort of control a computer with. It's not like some sort of Star Trek thing, but it's potentially useful. And these are all advancements, but it's a slow process. It's slow, it's gradual, it sort of happens over time. And it doesn't, you know, there's no big showman who comes forward and says, look, we have cracked the code or we have done this, because that's not how it works. Well, great point. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. More at uh, deanburnett.com. Appreciate your insight, Dr. Burnett. Thanks for joining us here. No problem. Thanks for having me. This is Dr. Dean Burnett, a neurosurgeon at Cardiff University. His book, The Idiot Brain. Uh, so he's not buying it. Says full well, look, if uh, he proves me wrong, great, but uh, he's not holding his breath. So two questions, obviously. Could we do this and should we do this? 974-8255 is our number. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Rob. Um, let's just say, for instance, we do get to a point in society where that's able to be technically done. And I'm not being flippant when I say this. It would, I could see great support for that for people that wish to change gender. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, well, that'd be a lot easier than going through what they go through now. I could see why they would get support from that side of, of society. That's an interesting point. Uh, well, I mean, this kind of surgery we talk about, I don't know that easy is the right way to describe it, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, because it would be essentially a, a one step process as opposed sure, exactly. to years of various surgeries and treatments, et cetera. Uh, yeah, uh, that's an interesting point. Okay. Man, thanks. Robert, thanks for that. Uh, so, that. That would be maybe one way that this could be used. But I think the idea of helping people who are, are paralyzed, who are living in pain, uh, you can think of all kinds of various diseases that, that affect the body, affect your mobility, affect your quality of life. To be able to fix that, to be able to give somebody a new body, it would be pretty amazing. You got some ethical concerns, though, right? With someone else's DNA. Or for that matter, could you father a child with your new body? Would it be your child or would it be the deceased person's child? So there's some big questions there. 974-8255 is a number. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk about another interesting development in healthcare genomics, the idea of personalized medicine. Once we can map out your genome, know all about you, we can tailor treatments to you. But as we build up this database of genomic information, are some people being left out? We'll find out more about that in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.